Okay, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Innovations in Education, eSchool News' podcast on the latest and greatest happenings in EdTech in K-12 education this week. I'm Kevin Hogan, and I'm glad you found us. On this episode, we look at one of the classic EdTech-driven instructional models that is deserving of a new look after the pandemic, flipped learning. While the phrase has been around for years, flipped learning has several different connotations and definitions, Here's the official one from the Flip Learning Network. Flip Learning is an approach in which direct instruction moves from the group learning space to the individual learning space, and the resulting group space is transformed into a dynamic, interactive learning environment where the educator gives students as they apply concepts and engage creatively in the subject matter. It could also be as simple as schoolwork goes home and homework is done at school. This week, Fred Franson, he's the CEO of Sertel, which is a nonprofit dedicated to fostering the next generation of independent thinkers. He reintroduces the flipped classroom model for our consideration. The piece is called How to Flip the Classroom and Create Avid Learners. And you can find it up on the newsfeed at eschoolnews.com. Fred has a list of reasons why the flip structure is one that should be considered. Here are a few, for example a focus on imparting knowledge, he writes. More class time is spent actively engaging students in learning rather than spending valuable in-person time on content delivery that can just as easily be spent outside of class. Another point, he writes, content appeals to digital native students. Infusing multimedia into the learning that students do at home and delivering it via a smartphone or other device It's just how digital native students are accustomed to consuming content these days. And it can succeed in reaching easily distracted students who might not operate that well in person. And then another point, everyone is accountable. If students come to class unprepared, it becomes apparent not only to the teacher, but also to their peers, since much of what happens requires student input in games, activities, and discussions. Likewise, teachers will be called upon to react to students' insights as well as their difficulties, and they can't rely on notes and prepared lectures. He has a few more, and I encourage you to go read it. I especially like the resurgence of alternative models like Flipped. I think it was probably ahead of its time back when it was first introduced. People were uncomfortable with the format. They didn't have the technologies probably that were you know could support it at home, and people just, just were not accustomed to that. Now, in the past two years, whether they liked it or not, they had to become accustomed. And now, after we've had this great beta test of distance learning, students and parents are much more willing to experiment. And while it might not be for everybody, it certainly can work for some. Next, Kate Baker, a veteran educator and senior community manager at Edmodo, recently gave eSchool an online presentation where she shared how to apply flipped learning practices in online, distance, and hybrid learning environments to support meaningful learning. You can find it under the webinar tab with the title Flipping the Classroom, Now More Important Than Ever. She breaks down the method into fine detail, drawing upon her own experiences in the classroom. Have a listen. Flip learning is not just having our faces in a computer screen watching videos. There's so much more that goes into it with class culture. And to help us think about this, the Flip Learning Network has elaborated on the definition and provided us with this framework 
the pillars of flipped learning. So we're going to use the acronym of FLIP and take a look at each one of these pieces that support student engagement, both in and out of the classroom. So flipped learning requires, for the F, a flexible learning environment. We can be rearranging our classroom space and do the best that we can, considering social distancing rules right now. But it's also about leveraging the technology in a flexible manner and adjusting our expectations and timelines for learning and how students are assessed. We want to be flexible, not rigid. The L in FLIP is learning culture because flipped learning is a student-centered approach. And we want the students to be active in acquiring their knowledge and participating and evaluating their learning. And we do this through the eye of intentional content where we are focused on conceptual understanding and procedural fluency. And we are maximizing our class time in order to adopt various modes of instruction that are, again, active learning strategies like peer instruction, problem-based learning, mastery, Socratic, and all of this, again, is about evaluating the materials that we use and being really thoughtful in the content that we are delivering to our students and the content that we want them to engage with. And then the P in FLIP is the professional educator. Educators who flip their classroom, you are reflective in your practice, you are connected to a greater community, you accept that constructive criticisms, and that you control what seems like classroom chaos, but it's really not. It's active learning where the teacher is the facilitator and architect of what's going on in the classroom space. Now we can do all of these things and apply these pillars to Edmodo. So we can create that flexible learning environment with Edmodo's classes and small groups. We can engage students and foster that rich learning community using polls and wellness checks and the posts for communication. We can also deliver that intentional content that we have ourselves or that we find in the discover area of Edmodo and we can assess that learning with quizzes or assignments. And we can be more importantly part of a greater global community of professional educators and we can continue our learning and our conversations in community groups and with hashtags so that the learning never stops when we're on Edmodo. And finally, if you search into the archives at eSchool News and search for the title, Eight Principles to Help You Advance to Flip Learning 3.0, you'll find a comprehensive interview with John Bergman, father of the flip classroom model uh, that he gives with eSchool's editorial director, Laura Asion. I'm not going to drop all of them on you right now, but I encourage you to dig it out as it's essential reading for any educator considering the flipped experience. Here are a few snippets. Number one, John uh, emphasizes the importance of teacher buy-in. He says, this is absolutely critical. It's the mindset change. You have to convince your teachers to change their minds about what a classroom looks like. Key, key questions often include, what is the best use of face-to-face -face class time? And as Bergman mentions, it is not direct instruction. Start with the why you need it, he says, and then get to the how you'll implement it. Find a teacher who is afraid of technology and who is well-respected. If you can get them to fit, flip their class, 
everyone else will too. Number two, pedagogical change. This is at the heart of why flipped learning works. It creates an active place of learning and it's authentic in nature and helps foster better relationships between teachers and students. John says, if you flip your class or your school, your teachers will just have better relationships with their students. Kids don't care what you know until they know that you care about them. That's what John said. And then number three, stakeholder buy-in. Getting parents and students to buy into flipped learning can be a challenge because change is hard for everybody. Some students like passive learning, Bergman said. Getting them into active learning is difficult. Think about how to take people through that process of change. What should you communicate? Explaining how flipped learning changes Bloom's taxonomy and spreading the message to parents that teachers will have more time to spend with all the kids and will be helping students one-to-one that seems to help. It's really interesting to go back and read and, and listen to information and insights like this that were created before the pandemic. So many of the essential aspects, parental involvement, having technology at home, are just two examples. Those things didn't used to be in place, and now they are. All it took was a global pandemic, I guess. So that about wraps it up for this episode. Be sure to check back on eschoolnews.com for all the latest and greatest news and analysis for what's happening in the EdTech space. eSchool News is always free and always trying to help innovative educators just like you. Until next time, I'm Kevin Hogan for eSchool News.